Many years ago, I began to search for answers. After seeing shadows, capturing hundreds of EVPs, seeing spirits, seeing a UFO, I feel as though that there are more questions than answers. The bunker is a result of years of research into the unknown. I welcome you to join me in my search for answers. Join me in the bunker. you followed me on Twitter and then I messaged you. Yeah, that's how it went down. Yep, you're right. And appreciate you reaching out. And I took a look at psionicmetaphysics.com and took a look at some of your products, which were very unique. It's not something that I had come across before, so I was intrigued. And you agreed to actually send out a package of some of these products for us to actually try out, which I greatly appreciated. Very cool. Let's actually start with just kind of like a back, you know, an origin story of, you know, how you kind of got started, how you came across the creation of these products in this company, and sort of like what was the impetus for, for you to get started in this? Well, first I woke up to fluoride in the tap water, as most people do as their first conspiracy. I woke up to chemtrails and all these things that I have products that are solutions for now, and obviously my first question was, how do I fix this? And I came across Dr. Wilhelm Reich, who was a scientist in the 1930s, and he developed these devices called Orex, or Orgone Accumulators, and they were about the size of a refrigerator, and they were layers of steel wool and normal wool, which is organic and inorganic material. And so he figured out that the organic material attracted the energy, and then the inorganic material repelled the energy. So this would bounce it around inside the box, and when people sat inside, their illnesses, like such as cancer, would be cured. So the FDA actually put out a legal injunction against him that said he couldn't make these things anymore. And he started doing experiments with a device called the Cloudbuster, which some people may have heard of. It was giant coaxial cables hooked into copper pipes, and it was about the size of a semi-truck. You had to pull it like a trailer, and he would hook the cables into a water source, like a lake, and point the pipes into the sky, and he would be able to create rain for farmers. So this is back before they were spraying chemtrails. And in the 90s... Yeah, in the 90s, there was a scientist named Don Croft, and he and his wife Carol developed what people call Organite, which we sell tower busters. Most people who sell Orgone products sell tower busters. So it's, it's basically a, knock, a knockoff of what Don Croft does, our own version of it. But it's just a really simple composite of fiberglass resin, quartz shards, and metals, and it generates small amounts of Orgone energy. And they were throwing these by cell phone towers to transmute the energy so that it didn't harm people. And they also developed something called the Orgone Cloud Buster, which is what my technology, Little Giza and Little Maya, are an improvement on. It's a device that was a huge base of organite material with copper pipes sticking out of it, it pointing at the sky. And when you would shoot this energy into the sky, there would be like a big blue hole where the chemtrails would all disintegrate. So I took this concept and miniaturized it into Little Giza and Little Maya. And these actually work indoors, and they cover a larger radius than the Cloudbusters do. 
that's super interesting. And I do have, you know, I'm looking at it right now. I have a little Maya over in my on my shelf with all my plants uh, over in the window. This whole system is pretty much, I believe, what I've read based on the argon energy. Now, is this, is this similar or dissimilar to to like prana or ki energy? Is it similar to that or dissimilar to that? Is it the same thing? It's pretty much the same thing. It's gone by a lot of different names throughout different cultures. And Orgon was just the name that Wilhelm Wright gave to it in the 30s because he was studying the energy of living organisms. So he called it Orgon energy. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So now, to digress a little bit, you, you mentioned that the FDA sort of filed an injunction with him. Now, is, I, I believe I read, did he, was he arrested for this and, and, and thrown in jail? After he did the Cloudbuster experiment, some people say that they tested the chemtrails for the first time over his farm in the 50s when he was trying to do this. Because he, he was talking about white lines in some of the books he wrote. You can still find some of his books on abebooks.com, A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S.com. And they're German translated back into English because the government went door to door and burned his books after they threw him in prison for violating an injunction and making this the, the cloud buster. They said this was somehow a legal violation too of being, being able to manipulate the weather. Wow, oh my god. Wow. So, it makes you wonder though, I mean, what, was he arrested for, for like a violation of a simple injunction or was, it, or was it something else? I mean, that seems pretty extreme links to go to for someone to just kind of, you know, maybe violated a, a, a subpoena or violated a, violated a court order. Right? Well, Doesn't that seem a little extreme? Yeah, it is a little extreme, and the injunction in the first place seems ridiculous because it was all it was was these patients would, he, they, he was charging no money, and he wasn't a licensed physician, but he was just like, if you want to come and try this, come and try this, and people would sit in there, and everybody was like, man, these things are awesome, and they were losing so much money on pharmaceuticals that they filed this into, like, they said, orgone energy doesn't exist, and Reich is a pseudoscientist, so therefore he's not allowed to make these boxes anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it makes you wonder, though. I mean, if they were, if these boxes weren't doing anything, then like, what harm would it really have been doing to anyone? Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't they just leave him alone? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, yeah, so you mentioned a, a, a couple of these, like Dr. Reich created, and how some of yours are sort of an adaptation of those. So let's go there now. Let's talk about some of your products, some of which you sent to me, and you know, what, what each of them are and what each of them are designed to actually do. Alright, well we can start with Little Maya, which is Little Giza, Little Maya, Nubia, and the Hive are all just the same device in four different cases and they're all the same price. They project concentrated beams of orgone into the stratosphere and where the chemtrails are and everybody's getting health problems from the chemtrails. Sophia Smallstorm, you can look her up on YouTube or her website is called About the Sky, like About the Sky, the three words is one word, dot com and she has a podcast called About the Sky, and she's proved that this Morgellon syndrome that people are experiencing is they've been spraying nanotechnology in these chemtrails, and that's why there's metal in them. Certain people reject it, and that's why they're getting these symptoms. They call it Morgellon syndrome, where like hairs protrude out of your skin. Oh, right, right, like fibers coming out of the skin and whatnot. The, yeah. the reason that people think that there's no way to stop the chemtrails, but nanobots need electricity to work. So what they're doing is they're grinding up uranium ore, which is the same thing they use in nuclear power plants to generate energy. And they spray that in the air with the nanites, and they get power until they can get into like a tree or a blade of grass or you or whatever, and they use the energy in your own cells to power themselves once they get inside you. So I figured out a way with it, or I guess Don Croft figured out a way, and I improved on it, on how to dis disrupt these chemtrails. You can take away the power source, 
by hitting the uranium with the orgone beams, it makes it inert, and it loses its properties, so it can't power it anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah, so you're essentially just sort of suspending them, and so they'll just kind of fall to the earth, sort of inert, in a sense. Yeah, they won't They won't actually go inside your body and, and try to eat you alive, cause Alzheimer's and stuff. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, so that's like little Maya, but... You sent us actually also some galleons on necklaces too. Let's let's talk about that for a little bit. All right, that's that's called the Taurus pendant, and most of our products are made with a 3D printer as the outer shell. We use a 20 micron tolerance, and this is in the shape of a Taurus, which is a shape in sacred geometry that circulates energy. And we put three different blends of resin. There's a whole list of different crystals that we use in them that's on the website, and we use magnet wire, which is in used to make electromagnets, and coil that up. And we seal all that inside of 3D prints, and uh, you wear that around your neck, and it projects a three-foot field, like it's like a bubble, three foot to your in front of you, behind you, to your left, and to your right. And it, flip, the whole reason that these microwaves are harmful to anyone is that your cells carry negative charges, and the Wi-Fi and the 5G that they're coming out with, and all this stuff, the cell phone towers use positive ions, and when you get hit with positive ions, it'll disrupt your health. But when positive ions come into contact with negative ions, they flip into negative ions. So if you, this pendant projects a three-foot bubble of negative ions around your body. So that way you can just walk around and you don't have to worry about hit, being hit with the billions of different microwave signals you're being exposed to. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and actually, we are our own investigators primarily, uh, which is sort of what led, uh, led to the creation of this podcast in a big way. But we were just actually working on a case recently where a woman was experiencing a... a quite negative haunting in her home and went to the home uh, to speak to her, interview her in person and take some readings and so forth which we like to do and some recordings as well and we I, I discovered it with, uh, with my tracheal mirror that she had an extraordinary amount of not only EMF signal sort of airing all over her home but also RF signal because I know personally I, if I walk into a home a large commercial building, per se, or like a hotel or something, and I go into the basement near where all of the junction boxes are and all the fuse boxes and stuff like that. I, I can only stand there for really just a minute or so, and I start to get super uncomfortable. Is that something that you've experienced yourself? Well, before I first woke up to wireless technology, I was using it ho-hum just like anybody else, thinking it was no big deal, and oh, they're just radio waves. And I was sleeping with a wireless Xbox controller next to my head. After a couple of years, I started getting headaches, and I, I couldn't, I wasn't making the association because I didn't think it was dangerous, and I couldn't figure out why. When I f woke up to it, at first I didn't know about orgone, so I just threw the wireless controller away, and my headaches went away. I guess the, the people realize that wireless is kind of bad, but they don't realize exactly how bad. Your cell phone ba is basically, that's one microwatt per square meter, which is what your microwave oven does. And then the cell phone towers are 600 microwatts per square meter, which is causing uh, cognitive impairment and DNA damage in sperm and egg cells. And that, that's just what we have right now. And they want to roll this 5G crap out, where they, they have 600,000 microwatt antennas, and they're going to be putting more of them closer to you, and their excuse for that is, well, the signal can't pass through solid objects very well. Yeah, there's, there's one thing I think about, too, sometimes is... Is, is I mean you could you could argue that the human body is is a, is a solid object, but it's we're mostly water. I mean if you think about it, vibration and signals can really I mean just go right through us. 
and it's it's surprising that more people aren't cognizant of these signals and what could possibly be the effects. Like it's like no one's really even thinking about it, positive or negative. Like it just seems like it's not even on the table for discussion, really. Yeah, it just seems most people just think, well, they're just radio waves, right? And we've been using radios for like 200 years, and they don't understand that this isn't just the same waves that you get from like FM radio stations. This is actually pulsed RF microwave radiation, which is what they used to cook your food in your microwave oven. Yeah, I know, I've always been suspicious of microwaves, and I, I don't have one myself, never use one. You have to be suspicious of something where you put a piece of food in there, and you push a couple buttons, and, and within two minutes, you know, you have an entire meal is scorching hot. Like, that's not, like, just thinking of it on a surface level, it's not really normal. Yeah. Saying about how we were composed of water, that's a good segue into you wanted to talk about everything I sent you. I sent you those little tap busters, the pyramids that you stick on your faucet. Those, uh, yes. yeah, those are, well, there was a scientist named Dr. Emoto that I ran across in the 1990s in Japan who was hitting water with different sound frequencies and then freezing it, and he would put the crystals under a microscope. And it was depending on what he hit the water with, the crystal would be different shapes and different colors under the microscope. So he discovered that water actually had memory, and you could change the way water behaves regardless of what's been added to it if you change the, the memory of the water molecules themselves. So what I've done is I've taken this concept and combined it with orgon energy, and these little tabbuster pyramids have orgon materials inside them, and there's a lead wire hooked into the middle of it that comes out of it, and you, when you wrap that around your faucet, it puts the energy from the orgone into the pipe that the water's going through. And while the water is passing through the pipe directly before it comes out, all of the water molecules will have their memory completely blanked out. So they won't remember that all of this weird crap that the water companies are dumping in there has been added to Oh, that's fascinating. Oh, that's wow, that's really cool. Okay, so, so say if you add, you know, fluoride to the water, let's say, that's in a way programming the memory of the water, and if you inject this cleansing energy field to the water as it passes through the faucet, it's sort of undoing, it's undoing the memory of what was added to that water initially. Is that what, is that what I'm getting wrong? Right. Oh, that's really cool. And I do see, I see the images, I have them right here in front of me, Dr. Emoto, and the different, the different snapshots he took of the water molecules it's it's really it's it's both it's beautiful and it's fascinating it's 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 really cool yeah, yeah there's a whole documentary called water the great mystery it's like two hours long you go to the learning center tab on our site and hit water has memory and there's a video player right there that you can watch it on oh that's cool another thing that you actually sent us which is really cool was a, a whole sheet basically it begins with non-gmo stable crop alternatives and then some warnings about seafood and stuff like that i thought this was a really cool addition to to the products that you sent so now is is number one this is fascinating and this is some of this a lot of this information i've run across you know through different channels but i'm curious if like this partially sort of drew you in this direction or is this something that you came across like later on as you were doing more research uh, well i woke up to gmos about the same time i did fluoride and that somebody had mentioned it to me and I didn't think it was that big of a deal and I was just researching random things on YouTube one day I was like what did he call that genetically modified and back then they weren't censoring the crap out of YouTube so when I typed that in the first search result that came up was a movie called Seeds of Death by Gary Null and there was this geneticist named Jeffrey M. Smith on there and he's the one who owns that seal that says non-GMO project verified that's listed on the guide and he said in 
1996. Well, first of all, Bill Gates, most people know who he is, but they, they realize he owns Microsoft, but they don't realize he has another company called Monsanto. And they're owned by Bayer now, but it's basically the same thing. And they, they were the ones who made GMO foods in 1996. So the, how they actually did this was the scientists at Monsanto had a chemical waste dump, and they were walking around just like cleaning up, and they found a pile of toxic waste with a bacteria growing inside it. And they call up Gates, and they're like, what do you want us to do with this? And he says, take the gene from the bacteria, clone it in a laboratory, and then put that gene into spheres of nanotechnology. Take the spheres, put them in a helium-argon laser, and shoot the laser into a dish of corn seeds. Then plant those seeds in the ground. And now, this is the corn that we have been eating since 1996. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So, also, isn't... isn't isn't Monsanto the same company that, that created Agent Orange? Is it is yeah. that correct? Am yeah. I, or did I hear that wrong? Yes, they created Agent Orange, PCBs, dioxins, all kinds of different chemical poisons that they DDT. They used to tell people to spray DDT on their lunches and said it was so safe you could eat it. And the guys on the commercial, it turned out and later in the lawsuit, they were eating spoonfuls of powdered milk and telling people to eat pesticides because it was safe. Oh, and now now they're telling oh, us that God. They're in charge of their own genetically modified foods. They don't have to be labeled as genetically modified. They're like, you don't need to know if it's genetically modified because it's quote-unquote substantially equivalent, which is like, is it different or not? They're just trying to fool everybody. Monsanto's initial study that got this into the food supply in the first place, they said that they fed rats GMOs for three weeks. And well, first of all, three weeks isn't a long enough long-term study to feed this to humans at high volumes for like their entire lifespan and say it's okay but they said that we fed this to rats for three weeks and they were fine they looked exactly the same as they did at the start of the study and we didn't notice and too many increases in health problems and should be okay and so everybody thought it was fine until in 2001 people started finding these things called teratoma tumors it's spelled t-e-r-a-t-o-m-a -A, teratoma tumor and you just type that into Google, and there's like 50,000 of these that get taken out of people every year, just in the United States. And what it is, is it's a tumor with various body parts on them. Some of them have faces, and some of them have just like ears with hair, and people were like, what is going on? So, got into Monsanto's records that they wouldn't release the first time, that they unsealed, and they, it turns out that they chopped out the last week of their study, and the, on the fourth week of the study, all of a sudden, all of the rats eating the GMOs got cancer tumors the size of their entire bodies and died. Oh my god. There's like 24 different crops that they've done this with, and they've done it with a few animals too. Wow. And I know where I've seen this, but I did see those teratoma tumors. I, I've seen it somewhere mentioned, and I've seen some images, you know, when it would be like a ball of like hair, teeth, or like, you know, like, yeah, like you said, just random body parts showing up inside of the human body. And and, and how many of these do you say are, are, are taken out of? If you Google it, and of course they try to make it seem like it's not as significant because it says very rare in big letters, but right below it the number says 50,000 per year just in the United States. Okay. I, I, understand, I understand that maybe compared to the the total population that might be not a majority of people but it's not I mean, a small that's, number that's still a lot of freaking people every year right yeah 
that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and actually, and here, and the next thing on, on the sheet, which I, I really appreciated you listen on here, because I thought about this myself, uh, just going to the grocery store and seeing the stuff, where you you buy fruits, and uh, like I, I think it's mainly fruits that are that are seedless. Now, fruits aren't supposed to be seedless, so how how are we getting to the point where we're creating things that that aren't creating seeds that is literally the next generation of that fruit? Seedless is actually older than GMO. This cover story that they give you, they're at least what they used to tell me when I was in high school, was that seedless was what GMO was, and that all they did was go in and switch one gene off, and they didn't do any of this weird crap that they actually did. And they tried to make you think it was safe, but it turns out that seedless came out in 1958. And the pesticide Roundup is actually... I used to work at a rural king in Indiana, and I got like 500 gallon drums that these farmers were buy of this pesticide and it said on the label on the outside of the drum active ingredient glyphosate 75% and then it says inactive ingredient 25% and it doesn't specify what it is and Jeffrey Smith was culturing samples of GMOs and he found what he called a mystery organism which is the nanotechnology from the chemtrails and he didn't know if it was coming from the GMOs or the Roundup so he tested Roundup, and it's a quarter of the Roundup was the mystery organism. So it turns out that the nano, they're putting nanotechnology in our pesticides. Oh. And, oh, God. I mean, and what would be the purpose of this nanotechnology getting put into pesticides, which ends up directly on our food? I mean, do they want this... They want the stuff inside of us, I assume, right? Uh, there's a video called Nanotechnology and You that I clipped up of various... They rub a lot of stuff on our faces in TV shows that they're for uh, consent purposes. And they'll have, like, references to Morgellons that were, if you don't know what it is, you wouldn't think anything of it. There was one episode in Futurama where the professor dumped their tube into a puddle of water, and they go, What's that, professor? And he says, uh, Microscopic nanobots. They're just little robots I designed to eat up nasty irritants. And when he says eat up nasty irritants, I think they're talking about us, because that's when this Morgellons thing is why people get the sores, is because when you squeeze the fiber out of your skin, it tries to eat your skin, and then the, the piece of your skin that it ate is where the sore appears at. And luckily, I just released a product I've been testing. I had like nine people volunteer to get this early to give me some research data on how it worked. It's called the Pyramid Pulsar. It's on the homepage of the website now. I programmed some quartz crystals with an electric field frequency and then put them into an orgone pad in the center of this device and I put like magnets and uh, copper coils and all kinds of stuff in the base and it's a giant 3D printed pyramid. Basically like a big Maya model but and it's got plates on the sides with different sigils on them. It's got earbud holders to play the frequency because when the quartz hears 2675 hertz sine waves it generates electrical pulses. So when you put your hand into this thing, you, feel, you put about a half a gallon of water in there, and you just stick your hand on the pad and play the frequency, and it'll like shock your mitochondria inside your cells. That's what the nanotechnology you're running off of, and the electricity from the quartz will go inside your cells. You might get a little numb, but it's not going to hurt you, and it overloads the nanotech, and it falls out of your hand into the wastewater, and when you're done, you just like dump it down the toilet, and you can get nano out of yourself. Wow.
Can you actually see the stuff in the water? Yeah, definitely. I usually actually, I use it every day, because there's it's everywhere in lots of, of different products. I get up in the morning, I put usually put my hand in there within the first 10 minutes, and a layer of fibers will form on the water within like 5 or 6 minutes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I had this one chick who was testing it for me in Washington. She was sending me reports, and she was actually, because... She's like, why isn't it? I can't figure it out. It's not getting any worse, but it's not getting any better. And I, she, cause she was eating all non-GMO, but I was like, what supplements do you take? And she had all these different supplements that were like capsuled in soy and such, and it was all genetically engineered. And so I was like, get rid of all of your supplements except for the ones that say non-GMO project. And she got back to me three weeks later, and she says. I got rid of all the supplements, didn't say non-GMO project, and now it's all dying. And she sent me these pictures of these metal bugs that flew out of her legs when she used the pulser. There's pretty crazy stuff with... That's amazing. Yeah, pretty crazy stuff with this Morgellon. If you look up, there's actually people who have plant parts grow out of their sores. Wow, that's... <laughs> It is. If you figure out why this is happening, it's nanotech. It's it's just looking for instructions. They didn't program it with anything. They just sprayed it in the air. And when it it falls down, it hits bird, plants, mushrooms, all kinds of different stuff. And every time it sees DNA, it goes, here's an instruction. And when it gets inside you, the last thing it had was, well, better build this. And it just eats pieces of you and tries to build a copy of whatever it touched the last time. Wow. Okay, so... so yeah, that's, that sounds like a horror movie, um, a futuristic <laughs> horror movie. But, but like, so what is the what is the end goal of this stuff? I mean, what's the you know what, where where is this actually heading? Like, what's can you speculate on what what is the ultimate end goal of the, all of this? Research Georgia Guidestones before. I don't know if you have. I, I've heard of it. I've looked at it a little bit, not much though. Yeah, it was built in the '90s during the Clinton administration by somebody who called himself R.C. Christensen and was later revealed to be Ted Turner. And he said that ten, new Ten Commandments to replace the old ones in the Bible. And the first one was maintain humanity in perpetual balance with nature under 500 million. Which means there's over seven billion people on this planet right now. So that means they want to kill like six and a half billion people. I, uh, yeah, I've heard of the, those stones and those sayings that are on there, and I, and I, and I yeah, I, I, it rings a bell now that you mention it, but that's written on there. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's crazy stuff. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure if the end goal of the nanotechnology would just be depopulation. Wow. So, so I would, I would assume, uh, then that the, the people that are in charge of this would be in the know, and they would just kind of take the steps necessary to kind of avoid being exposed to this stuff and then there therefore would be not harmed by it negatively affected by it no. and while the rest of us that are ignorant are just kind of kind of go away well pretty much there's actually some people are like yeah they just take you know the same steps that i do with my non-gmo guide or whatever but i don't think that these people would even eat any food that was grown on the surface here and I know this is, might be getting a little far out. If you look up this, I think it's called D-U-M-V. And they have patents for these underground military bases that they have. And I'm pretty sure that they're growing food underground where they've never sprayed nanobots. Huh. Yeah, that would make sense. Because, you know, if, if this is being sprayed in the air and it's all over the crops and, you know, into pesticides and everything like that, then it seems pretty difficult for anything grown like normal on farms and stuff, it'd be pretty hard to avoid that, right? Yeah. You know Febreze, right? I hope you don't have any in your house right now. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I'll read you the patent number. 
It says... I, I, I have used it in the past, but I, don't, I haven't used it in years. W02016-1498-15A1. That's the patent for Febreze. It's like 50 pages long, and it talks about self-ionizing metal particles, which means that Febreze is literally, it's nanotechnology in a can. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, they're like, it smells nice, and if you, uh, they don't even say that it's safe for you. They, if you notice on the can, it says safe for fabrics. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, which are fabrics are basically inanimate materials, and so... Yes, yeah, so the, the nanobots wouldn't be interested, yeah. That's terrifying stuff. Another thing you go into on the end of the sheet here is pretty cool as well. A chemical hazards cheat sheet. Now, I know that aspartame is bad. I avoid mm -hmm. that at all costs. I had heard, I'm not sure if this is true, but I, I had heard that aspartame, once it's consumed and your body temperature raises the temperature of it, that it basically becomes formaldehyde. I'm not sure if that's true. Yes, well how they manufacture aspartame, this it's insane. They, they figured out in 1983 that they could take one, the gene that makes sugarcane taste sweet and shoot it into a pile of human fecal matter, our poop, and, and this is what they're putting in these packets and calling aspartame, which is why it gives you strokes and cancer and all this stuff when you eat it, because you're not supposed to be ingesting it. But uh, yes, when you eat it, the, chemically, it's spartic acid, and when you eat a spartic acid, and yeah, when your body temperature raises it, it separates into formaldehyde and wood alcohol, which are both, like, really toxic poisons you should never ingest. <sighs> so, oh my god. So, so aspartame, and it says right on here, it's genetically engineered feces. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, they put it in the soda pop in 1983, and ever since, it's in like 16,000 different products at the grocery store now. Remember, I was out on the road somewhere, I was driving, and I stopped at, I believe it was at a McDonald's, and it was the last time I ever stopped at McDonald's just for a coffee, because I, I, by then I had sworn off the food already. But I thought, oh, like, it was the only thing in the area, so I thought, oh, I really want a coffee, I want to stay awake for this drive, so, so I got a coffee, and they said, okay, you know, what do you want? And I said, cream, sugar. And they give it to me, I pay, I drive away, a couple miles down the road, I take a sip of it, and I immediately I can tell it's aspartame in there and not sugar. Not because of the flavor, because of the, I could just, the, 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 the uh, it's hard to describe. It's like the, the, the feeling in your mouth, like the texture of it. Yeah. It just gives you this weird coating in the mouth. And I was like, oh, like I'd spit it out and I tossed the cup out the window. So it, it was, I could tell immediately it was not sugar, that it was aspartame. And I mean, this stuff is just gross. I, I, aside from all the stuff, you know, all the reasons not to consume it, like, it's just gross. Like, I think, isn't that what's in Sweet and Low? And... They tried to newspeak it so many different ways so that people don't think it's aspartame. They call it like, they'll say aspartame free and they'll say stuff like asulfame potassium or asulfame K. Those are both other names for aspartame and they say aspartame free and they they say asulfame K and asulfame potassium. Uh, and how, I mean, and they, and they get away with it. That's what, that's the crazy part. How is this, how is this legal? It's crazy how people are just like so asleep to, you can just Google aspartame and find out what it is, but literally, the, I used to think it came from strawberries because the package had strawberries on it. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. People, so everybody is just, I, I think it's like a, it's a combination of being so consumed in their routines and being so busy and jobs and kids and hobbies and wrapped up in politics and just your, you know, your, your bandwidth is all wrapped up in this stuff and you let so many things go by 
without checking into it and you know the, a lot of that unfortunately is the ingesting of toxin the next thing on here is is MSG yes uh, which I think has been popularly a bad thing I mean people have known that that's been bad for a while but you know are they still sneaking that into our food? Because I know a lot of places have sworn off that years ago, but I, mean, I feel like it's creeping back. Sometimes they'll just say sodium glutamate or glutamate or glutamine, and it's the exact same thing as monosodium glutamate as MSG. Natural News did a little sting operation video on Kentucky Fried Chicken a few years ago, where they proved that every single product in that store besides the drinks contained MSG. Oh, man. Every single thing in there. Yeah, every single food, food item contained MSG. Wow. And you have listed here, it's it's a neurotoxin. Yes, it is. It, ch it tries to shut your brain down when you eat it. <sighs> and, and you know what? When you hear something like that, that's like third rate kind of shit, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, if you can give food to the populace, that's going to make like, dumb them down, essentially. What tyrant wouldn't want that stuff? Yeah, exactly. Well, we don't live in Nazi Germany. They'd be sick in gun store heads. There's neurotoxins in your water and your food. There's GMOs in your food that are changing your DNA when you eat them. And... There's aspartame, you're eating your own feces and your bubble gum. Nobody has any idea that any of this is going on. Phosphoric acid, that's been in soda since like the 50s. And it, yeah, it is. It is used to melt rocks. And that's why it's just like fluoride is actually a powder created by strip mining operations that they said they, they used in Nazi Germany to lower people's IQs. And they used to sell it as rat poison, but now they're like, drink it, it's good for your teeth. Uh, phosphoric acid, you pour uh, you pour this stuff on concrete and it would just get right through it. But well, we, d we diluted it, right? Like, it won't kill you right away if unless you drink it, you know, for 60, 70 years, then it might melt your teeth out of your mouth. Oh my god, yeah, I, I had heard that, you know, phosphoric acid was, you know, basically rat, rat poison and, and that fluoride is rat poison and that that uh, the Nazis put fluoride in the, in the water supply with the express purpose of people more subversive. They wanted and to lower their IQ and make them more submissive to just not fight back, be like, who cares about anything? Yeah, and I mean, you, you, okay, even if you want to sit down and argue that, oh, well, that's not true, it's not, you know, it hasn't been tested, and the tests are inconclusive, whatever you want. Look, there's one thing that the Nazis tested was the sickest shit you could possibly imagine, this being one of them, and they were of the belief that it really worked and they were using it on a wide scale in Germany. So there has to be something to that. Like, what? You know, first of all, I would not want to take a rat poison and, like, pick yeah. it up off the ground out of a rat trap and put it on my toothbrush and so brush my teeth yeah. with it. So why would you use fluoride toothpaste to see exactly? Because it's in a pretty little tube at the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> Marketing is a powerful thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Propylene glycol causes nerve damage. They actually used to put that. When I was a, a teenager, I knew people who were taking speed with propylene glycol. They were adding it to it. I mean, they were like, "This is the best stuff ever," and it was it was because it was causing nerve damage. They couldn't feel anything. Yeah, but you see, why is that? They use that in drugs, but that it's in like food at the grocery store, and it's like binding agent. And I'm like, why the fu why is that in my boxed mashed potatoes or what? Why? Yeah, that's one that jumped out at me because that's one I recognize. I, like, I've seen that on many ingredient lists, it, you know, just looking at random products in the store. That one jumped out at me like, my God, that thing is, that stuff is everywhere. Yep. Man, titanium dioxide. 
Yes, if you look at pizza rolls and zest soap, it's the first ingredient by weight on both those products, which is one of the first things that alarmed me is why it is it on my food and my soap, and I immediately looked it up, and it's Monsanto patented it as nanotechnology, so if you want to argue either, if, even if it's just metal, you're not supposed to eat titanium, but if it's nanotechnology, that means if you're by zest soap, you're actually scrubbing nanobots on yourself in the shower. Yeah, isn't this... I, I could be mistaken, but isn't this stuff also in like a lot of like deodorant, like not deodorant necessarily, but antiperspirants? Yeah, yeah, deodorant and antiperspirants, either titanium dioxide or aluminum oxide. Now, aluminum oxide has been tested in rainwater from chemtrails and is patented as nanotechnology. Yeah, that's something that I just not not for any particular chemical reason or because I researched the, the ingredients, which I I have sort of avoided antiperspirants anyway, just because uh, you know my. My thought was always like, well, we're supposed to sweat, so why, why am I gonna? I mean, it might smell nice, but why am I putting this stuff in my armpit? That's gonna literally prevent me from sweating. Like that doesn't sound normal. Yeah, like let's keep our body from functioning correctly, and then why everybody? Can they use? Everybody uses like twelve different products that do stuff like that, but then they wonder why their health goes south. Yeah, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the uh, the original Batman movie, where you know the Axis chemicals. Where Joker fell in. By, uh, the Joker. Yeah. yeah and it, you combine all these chemicals together that were just like normal everyday products and, you know, and then they would like mess you up or kill you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they were just kind of prophetic. Yeah, they were just rubbing it in your face in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, for vegetarians, let's get enriched flour and sugar is 90% animal bones. I, I absolutely couldn't believe this, because even before I found out what GMOs were, I was eating bread. Where the, That's the first ingredient on most breads. And vegetarians and vegans will both, they'll eat just like Wonder Bread at the grocery store, which is it's full of GMOs anyway, but the first ingredient has animal bones in it. That's, that's shocking. You have to literally go read the FDA's legal dictionary to know what's in your food. How are we supposed to know that Enriched Minute had animal bones in it? Because if you look at Dave's Bread, they have, they have all kinds of different breads and bagels. Dave, Dave's Killer Bread, they're non-GMO project verified. Their first ingredient is unbleached wheat flour, which is, it shouldn't say enriched, it should say like unbleached or just whole grain or wheat flour. That's one of the more shocking things on this list to me is, is it, like you said, people, you know, that are, that are vegan trying to eat meat and they're, you know, trying to get carbs and stuff and, and here they're eating, you know, they're eating animal bones, ascorbic acid. I just put that on there because you see corn on always avoid on the guide, but uh, you obviously know corn cereal, corn starch, that's corn, but ascorbic acid is actually an acid made from boiling corn kernels, and that's in a lot of vitamins. That's interesting. What's the, what's the purpose of, of having, of adding that to vitamins? Like, what is this? I'm pretty sure it's just because they're trying to get nanotechnology into everyone, and, and it's corn is all genetically engineered, and ascorbic acid is made from corn, so they can just sneak it in and say it's like a binding agent or some such. Bam. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, this is this was an enlightening list here, and some of the stuff I knew about and was not a surprise. Some of it, some of it was a shocker. Um, uh, yeah, like I knew aspartame was bad. I didn't know it, it was poop. But that's <laughs> just one more one more reason to avoid that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. There's actually a documentary called, because, like, you see the GMO documentary, and it doesn't mention aspartame one time, and, it, well, that's because aspartame is just so horrible, it gets its own two-hour documentary called Sweet Misery, A Poison World. Yeah, that, would, that makes sense, that, you know, because the human body's resilient, but, I mean, it's not, you know, the effects are, are cumulative, and it, it'll take time 
to to break it down enough to where you really end up at the hospital or something like that. Because if you think about it, it takes like if you start if you've never exercised in your life and you start exercising today, like you're gonna start really slow and build really slow, and it takes a long time to get to the point where you're running and lifting lots of weight. Like you can't just do that overnight. You'll hurt yourself, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that conversely that you know damage happens the same way. It's 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 slow and it's it's cumulative and it's over time. So it's not noticeable right away, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. Exactly. Where we were talking about you know, all the different ways that the world can end. And by the world ending, I mean by humans ending. GMO is uh, You know, like, this, is, this is not some of the stuff that we covered in that episode, so I'm glad that we covered it here tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's given, uh, given us, uh, our listeners, a lot to think about. But I do appreciate you coming on, Dylan. It was awesome. Where can the listeners actually reach you? Our website is psionicmetaphysics.com, which is P-S-I-O-N-I-C-M-E-T-A-P-H-Y-S-I-C-S.com, psionicmetaphysics.com. Our email is psionicmetaphysics at gmail.com, spelled the same way as the website. And our business phone is 818-949-6770. Awesome. Before we call quits tonight, is there any other, you know, products that that uh they're up and coming any 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 events coming up like you know what's what's uh on the horizon for for dylan and sound like metaphysics well we've got a page called upcoming products on the site right now which just has the ragnarok phd which is called stands for personal harp device and harp if nobody's heard of that the high frequency active auroral research project which is a microwave energy device that the government uses to control the weather allegedly but <laughs> i developed this it's basically the same concept but it's using positive orgone instead of microwave energy and so if you put this out in your yard you can stop them from causing earthquakes or changing the weather or trying to zap you with directed energy lasers so i will actually post links to your website on this episode page i want to thank you again for coming on give us a lot to think about <laughs> and yeah appreciate appreciate you coming on and, and, and hitting us with a lot of this knowledge and you know, we look forward to your new products coming coming down the pike and you know perhaps if you have another big release down the road and we can have you on again we'll have another conversation yeah no problem michael i actually wanted to ask if uh, i have a podcast called subtle to sheeple if you go to the website there's a couple episodes on there i was wondering if you and beth wanted to do an interview on there sometime actually we'd love to come on that's awesome man i appreciate the Yo. invitation you'll yeah, definitely just uh, email me sometime soon we'll set that up all right cool yeah that's awesome man yeah i'll put a link up for, for your podcast on the episode uh, page as well Easy.